0: Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real estate investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby.
1: Welcome back to another episode. And listeners, this is going to be another special where Dean Curtis, my guest from today, myself. We are going to be speaking about what's happening in the real estate world. And I wanted to bring Dean in because he is, you know, my go-to person when it comes to short-term rentals, Airbnbs, cottages. And we just wanted to have, we're not drinking wine because this is at 10am on Good Friday right now that we're recording this, but we're drinking coffee and and pop.
0: Yeah, I got my Coke anyways.
1: (laughs) uh, (laughs) Dean, welcome to the show. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great, Sarah. How about you?
1: Good, good. How are, is, uh, is everyone in your family doing throughout all this chaotic COVID uh, social, social isolation?
0: Yeah, you know, everybody's doing good. I've got I got three kids at home, you know, two of them are boys, so not much has changed for, for them. They're locked in their bedrooms, you know, doing the same thing they always did, playing video games. But my daughter, she's going a bit stir crazy, so she's quite social. It'll be nice when this is all over and she can get out with her friends again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I will just preface this as well. And I do this with all of our, our special uncensored episodes. These are our opinions. So you don't hold us to it. If you don't agree with them, that's totally fine. But you know, we've, we've gotten a lot of great feedback from from you guys at home, listening to this, that you like this type of just conversation, candid openness. So we're going to keep doing them. And Dean is going to uh, provide some great, uh, great opinions and insights. I am sure of that. So Well, I hope so. Just a quick background, I know you, but what can you tell the audience about what you're doing right now and why you're the right person to be talking to me about short-term and Airbnb because I know you are.
0: (laughs) All right, all right, sure. So uh, going back about seven years ago, we bought our first cottage and uh, just kind of with the thoughts of renting it out occasionally on the side and hopefully getting close to enough money to to cover the costs. And it went spectacularly well. Uh, we had all kinds of rentals and I thought, my gosh, this I'm onto something here. So a short time after that, a piece of land became available on the same lake. I bought that land. We built another cottage on that lake. So long story short, over the next couple of years, we ended up joint venture partnering with uh, two or three other families. So we had ownership in five cottages. And then other, other families started to notice what we were doing and had us actually manage their properties. So as, at one point, we were up to 13 properties that we were managing and looking after. Since that time, and we, I'm happy, I'm an open book on it. I'm happy to discuss it if you want. But since that time, a lot of our properties, especially the ones that I owned, were located in a township. That were very that were starting to look hard at the whole short term rental whether they should be allowed, not allowed. It was a long fight. It was about a two or three-year fight. It eventually got to the point where um, my lawyer was saying, "Look, we could continue to fight this, and you might end up winning, but it could uh, cost you upwards of one to two hundred thousand dollars to fight this." So at that point, we waved the red flag for that township. So I ended up selling the properties in that township. There's lots of other townships that are short-term rental friendly, and we're looking around at at buying in those other townships. Actually, I just closed on a vacation rental cottage April 1st, which I know bad timing with all this going on. But uh, anyhow, yeah, so we ended up selling in that township. um, And because I ended up selling most of my properties in that township, I thought it was a good time to give up the management portion as well. So I sold the management part of the company. And uh, so I no longer manage for other people, but we did keep one cottage in that township, which I put a family in living full-time. So it's just a regular full-time rental now. And as I said, we just closed on another property, which uh, we're hoping to have as a short-term rental.
1: Very cool. So yeah. I love short-term and I love it even more now that all of a sudden the LTB is closed. And I'm just gonna take a guess, it probably won't reopen until September, just my thoughts, because the other courts are closed, the other like criminal courts and stuff like that. I've, I was told from my boyfriend, who's a police officer, goes to court. <laughs>
0: that yeah, September,
1: yeah. It's gonna be only opening potentially at that point in time. So with the LTV closed, and the risk of having a tenant that doesn't leave for 18 plus months, just because of the backlog,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Airbnb and short term rentals just seems like that more obvious choice. Yeah, Um, for a lot of investors and like less risky. But then, you know, recently, as you know, Ford put a a ban on short term rentals. Yeah. And they're fining individuals 100,000 and businesses 10 million, which I think is absurd for short term rentals. And then on top of that, some municipalities have started shutting off electricity to some of the the cottages because they don't want people coming up there, which makes me more livid because everyone's paying taxes. Yeah. So there's a lot of things right now that makes my blood boil. And here's the thing, you know, I'm going to pick and choose my battles, but this one is one that really angers me Mm -hmm. because it limits our choices and our exit options. What are your thoughts on everything that's going on?
0: Well, it's, it's uncharted territory, right? So, um, You know, I'm making decisions and plans and it's difficult because we don't have a crystal ball. Nobody's ever seen anything like this before. What we've decided, as I said, we just closed on a cottage April 1st. So we're still continuing to get it prepared. We were looking for a uh, May 2-4 weekend as being our first weekend to start renting it out. I realize now that that's probably not going to happen. It's not going to be back up and available by that time. However, we're going to still prepare it, get it ready as though it's a short-term rental. I've, uh, where I actually have a partner on it. I've spoken with my partner on this deal and we've decided we're going to wait until June the 1st. There's still a hold on at that time. We're going to look into our options to turn it into a full-time rental just for a year. And again, the, the difficulty with that is then now again, you're under the, the LTB, right? So now I put a family in there for a year. They don't want to leave at the end of their year. Uh, we have a little bit difficulties, but I've seen some excess, so some success with it as well. I know um, Alfonso with his cottages. I I know a few other investors that they actually make a point to put families in there during the off season. And they've had great success with them leaving in the spring and then going back to short term rentals. So I'm going to lean on some of those other investors to see if we can uh, do that. I'm hopeful that maybe the ban will be lifted by the summer. But at the same time, I think it's important to have a a plan B in place, right? You want to be Hope for the best, but plan for the worst. Make sure you've got a B and a C plan in place. Yeah, How about absolutely. you, Sarah? Sarah, what's going on with your cottage for the summer? Yeah,
1: so we had it rented, like before this whole band thing, we had it rented for a week uh, for March break. And then yep. there was another family that was coming afterwards, but my cleaning lady, and, and granted, she didn't feel fully comfortable cleaning in between as mm-hmm. this was all going on. So I said, okay, you know what? So I canceled the second week um, that the new people were going to come. It is what it is. And then so we went up. And I think we're going to go up and we're going to stay up there. You know, I think the good thing about where we have our cottage is it's still an area where people live there full time. Like our yeah. door neighbors live there full time. Their next door neighbors live there full time. So, and it's very private. Yeah. You can't really actually see your neighbors, which is good. <laughs> yeah. So that that's an option. Now, my thoughts on everything. I don't think this Airbnb ban is going to be there forever. I wonder who actually decided this, and I, I also worry that it's there's some things being being done, and COVID is is being blamed for that. But Fairbnb is is what like it's a hotel lobby group, right? And they're the ones that are really yeah. pushing for this stuff while they're still remaining open to try to. Anyways, my thoughts on that. I could be wrong, but let's just hope that's the case. I'm still here's the thing: is I, I hate government control. Right. I don't feel like I'm doing something wrong. So like, fine, I'm just gonna, I mean, here's the thing. I'm going to do it under the table. If I have to, I probably won't rent it until May 2, 4 regardless, but yeah. we have friends that want to rent it. And that's just going to be it. Like at the end of the day, do they want it above board or do they want it below board? So, right. Right.
0: Well, so, you know, what I've been saying to, to my partner is let, let's look at this realistically, what the worst case scenario could be. So let's say it's shut down for the entire summer. And let's say we don't put a full-time renter in there and maybe we have to eat the costs for three, four, six, seven months. Okay. So five, 10 years from now, are we going to look back and regret this investment? And I think absolutely not. I think it's, uh, this is a very difficult time. I think it's uh, unfortunate that we're going through this. And I know that there's a lot of uh, people out there with, with sick family members, and I'm not trying to belittle that at all, but Just strictly from an investing standpoint, if you look at a 7, 10-year stance, back in 2020, we had six, seven months where we couldn't rent out. We forced ourselves to go and enjoy the cottage. And maybe while we're at the cottage, we got a lot of other work done getting, getting our investing spreadsheets in order. Sarah, you've always talked about writing a book. I've heard you on podcasts. Right now, we should be busy doing all that sort of stuff. This is the busiest I've ever been. I'll tell you that right now. I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but take advantage of this time. We can't go out. There's so many distractions in life uh, that you're going out with friends to a restaurant. You're going out to do this and that. We're stuck at home. And right now you should be getting your plan in place, refinancing your mortgages. We have low interest rates right now. You've got cash ready to go. When things change, you get your investing plan in order. You should be to me. Well, and, and another thing is all of the free information that's out there and available right now. All of these uh, investment groups that you could go and travel and meet with. Well, unfortunately you can't do that right now. So they're offering it by zoom meetings. There's so much information out there available. Be a sponge, read, read investment books. You should be very busy and ready to go when this is lifted. Anyhow, wow. What a tantrum. Sorry. No, but you know,
1: I, I do agree. I will say though, I feel for the parents that have like, yeah. because it's, it's hard. Like if you have like two or three small kids or even one child, yeah. I mean, it is still really full time. So yeah, I, I think it really, it really depends. Like for, you know, for sure I'm busy. Like I'm just yeah. as busy. It's just more zoom calls and phone calls and, and all that stuff. But I think this will pass in the grand scheme of things, like you said, in seven to 10 years from now, all the investments are going to be worth keeping. Yes, um, yeah. I was actually debating whether I wanted to buy a couple cottages, like sell the the Burlington place. I'm, I'm still kind of torn because I wanted to Airbnb that. But depending on what happens, if I sell it, I could buy a couple cottages. And yeah. I think as people unfortunately lose jobs, and there's a lot of jobs that will not come back, they're going to start liquidating. They're probably not going to liquidate their primary. But a lot of homeowners might say, okay, you know what, I probably don't need this cottage anymore. Let's start selling it. And there might be more supply than ever. Um, And people might be a little bit more motivated to sell, potentially at a discount. So I think there's gonna be some opportunity. Absolutely. I don't necessarily, so I personally, I wouldn't put a long-term renter in something that I wanna do short-term. I would rather, and I know like everyone's got their own opinions, I would rather carry it empty. Because yeah. the risk of not having them move out is greater than having to carry it for six months empty. And usually like with our cottage, like we'll go up like a week for every long weekend. So we're up there quite a bit. And then we rent out a week for like 3,200 or so, like 500 bucks a day or whatever it is, give yeah. or take. And we don't need to rent it that much, right? To, to break even. So I would rather just rent it to friends and it'll be less than what I'm used to getting. But just the risk of putting somebody that doesn't leave. And I know Alfonso has done it successfully and it can be done, but I don't know that that's like, I got to weigh the pros and cons. (laughs)
0: Yeah. I hear, I hear you. Yeah. It's tough. It's a tough call. What's, what's your investing strategy right now in general? Like, are you buying right now? Are you in a wait and hold pattern? What, what are you doing? I'm curious.
1: Yeah. So before all of this, we had a, we went firm on a sixplex, so it's closing and, Mm -hmm. uh, that one is going to need some work and, uh, and all that good stuff. So at this point, I think there's going to be some opportunity, but we haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's still going to be, you know, two to three months till, till we start seeing the, the dip, potentially, if there is going to be one. If this, if this lasts, right? Because nobody has a crystal ball. Like if we all go back tomorrow, which I doubt the time of recording, this is April 10th, but if we all go back tomorrow, it, it might recover faster. But you know okay. the the other thing is like what are your thoughts because all of a sudden you've got a bunch of people that lost their jobs that are on the Serb plan with the two thousand dollars a month, and then they've got their mortgage deferred for six months, and then their their serb stuff only lasts four months like don't you think that like it's it's not right now it's going to be a big issue it's going to be like six to nine months from now I don't know that's just my thoughts
0: yeah it, absolutely i so I don't know if I'm naive but. I I just have difficulty believing that we're still going to be... I think the need is going to be there to get the economy back up and running. So I think certainly, you know, the World Health Organization is recommending to keep things shut down right now. We're seeing in China that they're starting to open things back up again. I'm not sure that we can control this right around the world unless the world is on the same page and completely shuts down for three weeks all at the same time. But at some point, I think you need to get the economy going again. And whether that means you're just not allowed into any public buildings unless you're wearing gloves and a mask or, but, or, or you've, you know, thinking way outside the box, you've got some sort of a certificate with you that you've already had it and you're now immune or, you know, I don't know. But nine months from now, it's impossible for the economy to still be shut down. You'll have fifty percent unemployment, and I think you'll have chaos in the streets. So I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I don't know. It's tough to say. I, I think uh, what can the economy afford? Maybe another two or three weeks shutdown, and eventually they have to do something to get it back up and running again.
1: I do. I, I also yeah. don't worry that there's going to be some jobs that are just not going to be back. Right. Like if you're a yeah. company, you've lost. I mean, the company I work for, they lose a million dollars a week right now. I mean, yeah. they're big and they have big pockets. But, you know, what about the smaller companies? Like, are they going to be able to take everybody back if their sales yeah. or their their profits are not where it was before? So there's going to be a lot of jobs not returning. Mm-hmm. And I think this is why it's important to have more than one source of income. Like, I'm so happy that, you know, even though there's challenges right now in real estate, I'm so happy that I'm in real estate because there's more options than if you were, just an employee and then all of a sudden you lost your job and then you know, you're relying on the government for the four months and then, and then what? So I don't think we're going to be shut down for four months, but I think since everything is due again in six months, mortgages at higher rates start again and people still don't have those jobs. I think we're going to be in trouble, but I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But back to short term. Yeah. Like, so what do you think cottage aside Mm -hmm. of the, of the short term industry, In Hamilton and Burlington and Toronto like what are your thoughts
0: so again it's going to be difficult to say I you know I wouldn't be doing anything right now certainly while this whole while this ban is on on short-term rentals because your hands are tied right I think purchasing now with a three or four month stance it's risky but I think it's doable you know because I think certainly things are going to be changed by then Airbnb is a massive company they've got to be losing a ton of money right now so they're there, of course, uh, now, I guess that ban, that's just in, in Canada, or sorry, is that Ontario? It's is Ontario. That provincial? yeah. That's provincial, yeah. Okay, so that's just provincial right now. So maybe Airbnb isn't even hurting that bad. But if we start to see this take place right across Canada or North, North America, then some of these companies are going to start to get involved as well. I don't know. If I'm talking to somebody who, a client who's looking to maybe buy a cottage right now, I'm recommending them to wait. We got to wait and see how this plant pans out. Uh, Wait till the ban is lifted. Uh, I still think it's a very solid investment, even though like some of the struggles I just talked about earlier in the podcast with with, uh, uh, territories restricting short-term rentals, but it's still a very strong investment strategy. I'm very pro short-term rentals, but right now with the ban, you got to wait and see
1: when this ban gets lifted. Yeah. I mean, I can't see the ban being there forever. I think that the fine is just too steep and it just makes me wonder like why does it have to be that extreme yeah But you know and then the other part I'm wondering is like okay granted hotels might have cleaning staff and measures and procedures in place to disinfect a little bit better than the average Airbnb run uh, landlord as an example
0: yeah. now but, I think it, uh, as you said I think it's gonna create some good buying opportunities as well like I don't think we've seen the bottom yet I think a lot of people are going to look at moving out of these cottages because of the ban. Uh, you know, they it's too much of a struggle Struggle looking after the cottage when they can't rent it out. So I think there's going to be some good buying opportunities and uh, we just got to wait, wait to see a little bit of a dip in the market and then it's time to jump in. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors.
1: Hey guys, I just wanna take a quick moment here and pause the podcast to introduce you to one of my favorite contractors, John from Blackjack Contracting Inc. And he has been serving the Niagara, Hamilton, and Brantford areas for the past three years and has become the area's legal basement suite renovation specialist. He works with many investors that I know, and some newer investors, some more experienced investors, and he converts single family homes into multiple units, as well as my favorite strategy, the Burr strategy, so he's well-versed in those as well to make sure that we can achieve the maximum value of the property and the maximum ARV. He has also completed over 100 units from Brantford to Niagara Falls, and everywhere in between as well. They do everything from permitting, to the design to the final cleaning before listing our rentals for rent or for sale. And he's also a fully licensed electrical contractor. He's certified with ESA and he will take jobs of all sizes. So no job is too big. He's done a complete guts really from the ground up. So super impressed with his work and what he's been doing for fellow investors that I know as well. So if you wanted to reach out, his website is blackjackcontractinginc.ca and you can ask him whatever questions you have. You can also reach out to him instagram which is at blackjack contracting inc and like he says he knows that investing feels like the biggest gamble of our lives so when you have blackjack on your side the house always wins. I will also add that there is currently a ban as of April 4th on new permits. So he will still actively work to the law's extent and actively work with investors to get projects planned out for when the ban is lifted. So that way you're not necessarily waiting and waiting and waiting. So guys, 100%, I recommend blackjack contracting. I will say that finding the right contractor is sometimes a hassle and getting a good one that works with investors that understands the numbers is going to be critical in our success, especially when doing the birth strategy.
0: And now back to the show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. What do you think of the, the municipalities right now or the townships that are banning people going up to their cottages?
0: See, I think that's crazy. Like this cottage. So the other ones that I had before and this new one that we're closing on now sounds very similar to yours where there's a lot of full-time residents in the area as well. So there'd be no way, uh, there'd be an uproar from the citizens because there's a lot of people living there. If they started shutting off hydro and banning you from coming, coming there, I, I, I find it hard to believe that they're going to be able to enforce that. You know, Because maybe, it may, maybe it's part of my social distancing. I'm here in the city and I've got people all around me. Well, I want to take my family to my secluded cottage to do my part to stay away from other people. And you're going to restrict me from doing that? I don't know. I find that hard to believe that they're going to be able to able to enforce that.
1: Yeah. And then still expect us to pay taxes for it. You know what I mean? It,
0: well, well, exactly. Right. So, yeah.
1: It's going to be and interesting. I, that, and I get their point of view. Like if they have a hospital with like four beds, I was reading one of them. I mean, I can't remember which township it was or which, which area, but... Okay, the hospital has four beds. I get it. Or their grocery store doesn't have a whole lot of groceries available. Fine, I get it. But then, <laughs> discount the taxes, and we should—they they shouldn't have to pay taxes for the next four months at that point.
0: Well, well, right. I mean, we're—they're—they're they're claiming we're going to be a burden to them, but that's what our taxes are paying for. I pay taxes in that township so that I can access their, their services. If I need the fire department, if I need the hospital, that's what my taxes are paying for. So, yeah, yeah, I don't absolutely.
1: know. It's interesting. Matt was thinking of just moving his address over there. So just like, if ever they start like stopping people as you're going up there, <laughs> just mm. be like right, we're going home. <laughs> it, I mean,
0: in- interesting idea. Yeah. You know,
1: we're yeah. all of this and you know, by hopefully in two, three weeks, this is all over and this is not an issue anymore, but it just enrages me some of the control measures, right? Like if you're yeah. so- social isolating, fine. Okay. I don't tell people where they can go if they're paying taxes for, for two or three properties. Yeah. don't need to rent it. Okay, great. But like, we should have access to our own properties.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, that's, that's actually the first I've heard of that is that they're looking at restricting you going to your cottage.
1: Yeah. By shutting off the electricity. So it's, it's weird. It's weird. There's a lot of weird stuff. And like, there's a lot of changes. Every day is a new story. Like every day there's something coming up. Like, yesterday I think it was like Scotia no more use of uh, HELOCs for down payments and like there's all this stuff coming.
0: Yeah yeah I saw some restriction on financing for uh, certain people self-employed real estate representatives and you know there was a whole bunch of of, uh, occupation categories where they were going to take a harder look at you before approving for a mortgage so yeah you're right it changes every day. I was watching the news every day, and it's driving my wife crazy because it's just all negative all the time. So I gotta, I gotta make sure I walk away once
1: in a while. You know, I know it's it's hard. And then you get into the Facebook stuff, and then all of these like landlord tenant groups, and all of the back yeah. and forth. And I'm like, okay, I gotta get out of this too. But yeah, but it's important to to also just because there's so many changes, um, to still know what's going on, so that you can yeah. shift your business over and say, this is how I'm gonna you know, position this property now that we have this and this and this that's changed, right? So like yeah. example, like my Burlington house, I want to Airbnb it, but depending on, you know, when it's done and what happens, I, I'm either gonna carry it and I'm not a yeah. long-term tenant in there or I'm just gonna sell it and then just get ready to purchase a couple more cottages.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's smart. You know, one of my worries is, again, like looking, Looking back three five years from now and missing an opportunity, right? Like I, I keep thinking I think it was Warren Buffett that says uh, you know buy when others are fearful and be f- be fearful when everyone else is buying, right? Greedy, so, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah,
0: exactly, yeah. So I'm screwing up that saying, but <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> you get you get the idea. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that's something I'm worried about. Is all of a sudden you know we're sitting here holding our cards close to our chest, we're waiting, we're waiting. And then all of a sudden, if things start to turn, then we're fighting with everybody trying to buy properties. And and maybe we look back five years from now and say, why didn't we buy more then? right? So, oh, you
1: definitely will. It, you yeah. fast forward five years, like at any point in time, five years later, that's going to be yeah. exactly what you're going to say. Why did I sell? Why didn't I buy more? Yeah, yeah. Why didn't I, you know, why didn't I hold on to these instead of panicking? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, so I like I like looking to uh, other investors that have been doing this for like thirty to you know forty years because they've lived through a few of these crisis crises in the past, and so it's nice to kind of to pick their brains and follow their lead and see see what they're doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I had a couple people that have been investing for a while on my podcast, and we were we were talking recently. But it it just goes to show you to prepare for the good and for the bad, right? And there's a lot of investors that haven't been prepared for this downturn.
0: Yeah. Which
1: now all of a sudden they're like, okay, crap. Like if my tenants aren't paying me rents, then I have to defer my mortgages. I have no buffer as an example. Or, yeah. you know, they didn't refinance enough in time to have equity there available. And now all of a sudden they're they're fighting the uphill battle with tons of applications. So the wait time is, is huge and like appraisers yeah. are yeah. actually not appraising as high anymore. Right. On purpose, but... You know, it's, it's interesting. So like, you know, just going back to short term, like, what do you think your strategy, you know, is going to be in the, in this next year or the next 12 months? Like.
0: Well, it, I should tell you too, like, did, were you aware we were looking at a coast uh, a property in Costa Rica?
1: Oh my God. That's like my next thing too. I was yeah. <laughs> okay, well, let's talk about that. So, wait, uh, really-
0: so, so we went, of course, before all this, we went down, we went looking around in Costa Rica. There's a housing development down there we are very super excited about and we've put a down payment on a lot there. Now, since that time, we're negotiating the price back and forth and of course COVID-19 coming out. So we still haven't walked away. And in fact, we've negotiated a better price because of all this stuff that's going on. Right now, the paperwork's with the lawyers and the accountants. Um, our deposit is fairly small. Like we're, we're doing it with partners. So we've got like 5,000 down. Uh, 10 sorry 10,000 down total so it's still we could still walk away but I don't know like I again with a long-term vision and I know travel is getting hammered right now but with the vision five seven years from now I don't want to look back and go oh my god why didn't we go ahead with that because we would have got it at such a great price so we're still looking unless there's a red flag comes up from the lawyer or the accountant we're still looking to go, go forward with that so it's a building development. They would still be 18 months before it was built and done. So maybe things aren't up and rolling 100%, 18 months from now, but uh, I think they, you know, certainly it might be on its way, like starting to come around and come back. And, and with the longer view of five, to seven years, uh, I'm hopeful that I'm gonna look back. I'm either gonna look like uh, like, an, like an all-star or the biggest idiot, but uh, I don't know. I, we're probably gonna go ahead with it, so.
1: Yeah, I really like Costa Rica. I mean, I actually haven't been, but I have done a lot of research on it. And I know a lot of Canadians go go there and retire there as well. Yeah. Um, and it's so much more of, uh, in my opinion, the way to go versus going to Florida. Like there's something yeah. about the States I'm like, you know, not 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, my goal is to be a snowbird and to travel. Costa yeah. Rica just seems like that next place where you could you could. They don't have an, an army. They still have good like healthcare. You don't need a whole lot to show that you can you get your like citizenship. I think there's just yeah. income percent, like percentage or like income amount.
0: Yeah. Foreign investors, I think anything over 200,000 as long, as long as you're buying, it's either 200 or 250. I'm not sure. As long as you're buying over that price, then you can uh, get yours. Uh, is it residency? I don't think they call it citizenship, but you can get your residency. If you're spending over that amount, so we'll we'll qualify for that, and it's an absolutely beautiful country. So we'll have to have you guys down when it's when it's developed. I'd love for you to come down and see the property and see the country. Absolutely amazing.
1: Absolutely, I, but I think it just goes back to you know this is going to be stressful right now buying anything. I think just because there's yep. so many unknowns, but you if you do it for the long term and you're yep. not stretching yourself too thin and you've got a little bit of a buffer should something happen. Well, I mean, I think it's a great opportunity, and especially if you're going to do it, this is this is the time. Because in three years from now, four years from now, when it's booming again, you're not getting in at the same prices, right? You're not negotiating to the same extent either.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, that that just I brought up that story just to kind of answer your question, like what my stance is right now on on the short-term rentals and Airbnb. Yeah, I'm not right out buying right now, but only I'm, I'm not buying right now because number one, the ban is in place. So I want to wait and see when that ban is lifted. And number two, I don't think we've hit our, our our pricing low point yet. So I'm kind of, so once I think we're kind of at the low point and it looks like we're starting to make a turn, I'm ready to start buying again. I, you know, uh, So whether that is a month from now, whether that's three months from now, I don't know, but uh, I'm ready to go. Not ready to pull the trigger today, but I'm ready to go soon. So.
1: Okay. All right. Good. What's yeah. your take on what the investors that are holding on to some Airbnb properties, not necessarily cottage rentals, but mm-hmm. you know, what are some, some advice that you might want to give them now that there's a ban in place and they're not able to do any short-term rentals?
0: Yeah. Well, it comes comes back to what I was saying, have a plan B and a plan C in place. So hopefully... You've kind of already been thinking about that, certainly with the start of the COVID virus, maybe you've already started to consider that, but uh, you gotta do what you can to survive. So, I mean, I I understand your concerns about putting a full-time renter in there, but um, if that's the only way you have to survive this time, you're running short on cash and you don't have that income coming in, maybe that's going to be your only option is to pull, put a full-time renter in there. But all I'm going to say is be very, very cautious when you pull, put a full-time renter in there. Just make sure that uh, they've got a jo- a steady job that uh, is not prone to be cut with this whole virus thing. You know, If they're a, a waitress or uh, working at a movie theater, maybe that's not gonna be your best choice right now for someone to rent your property. But yeah, if you have access to, and again, Thinking with the long term. If you have access to, to cash at all, if you need to refinance a property, if you have to pay a mortgage for four, five, six months, make those mortgage payments without any income coming in. Really, right now, if you had to pay ten grand out of your pocket so that you can keep that property, and with a five or a seven year look, uh, I think that'll be a little blip in the radar. So. Um, I don't know. If that's that's the only options I really see is is maybe uh, to to look at it that way. Either a full time renter or get some access to cash by pulling out equity to try and cover your costs. Mm-hmm. What
1: what what about you? What are your think, What are you thinking? Well, short term is like twenty eight days or less, right? Yes. So I probably would still leave it on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And I would just advertise it for more than twenty-eight days. But I would say just double check what the rules and regulations are because everything's changing every day. Mm-hmm. But that—that that is what it is, right? It's just—it's not banned, banning Airbnb. It's banning short-term. So I would. So if somebody wants to move in for like four to six months, I would make them go through Airbnb because I can mm-hmm. get paid everything up front, and then I can claim damage deposits if they if they leave and damage the place. So I I just wouldn't do it. I probably wouldn't do it off of Airbnb yeah. because I would want to pay, get paid all up front. I just, for me at this point, I'm going to leave stuff vacant unless I'm 110% sure that it's the right tenant. Um, I've got one place that's vacant and like she has sold her house. So she's getting a chunk of money and that's the reason I'm renting the one that's going to be vacant. But if I have anything else that comes vacant, I'm going to ride this out. I'm just going to carry it. Um, And I, I have the ability to do that. Thankfully. Yeah. But it's just, it's just not worth the risk right now.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I, I worry for the people that, you know, that, that scraped every dime they had together to buy their first investment property and it's a short term rental and they're strapped for cash right now. So I, I, that's a difficult situation. For them. Yeah. But, uh,
1: so I, you know, I almost wonder like, could you bring in a JV and cut them a good deal to bring them in if, if they bring in cash? Yeah. Yeah. Great I think, be in. I don't know.
0: I think that's a great option. Like, like I said, uh, trying to access any cash to, to get you through. And if that means selling, selling a piece of the property, you know, through a joint venture, you got to do what you got to do. Right. I, again, I know I've said it over and over again, but thinking of this with, with uh, long view glasses, when you're looking at this, whatever you got to do to get through the, these next few months, I, I'm, I feel confident that you're going to look back five, seven years from now and be thankful that you didn't sell the property. You know?
1: Yeah. You know, the other thing that I think people could do, and I literally just did this with one of my students, um, RSP loans, right? There's a lot of people yeah. you know, that don't want to be in the paper like market. They don't want to be investing in stocks or mutual funds. So like, yeah. I loaned out like 50K at 9% for like a year. I'm really fine with that right? And like, I'm doing a little bit more loans like that as well. So like you could have somebody that you can reach out to that's not blood or marriage related, right? Cause no, you can't do that. Yeah. And then they can, they can transfer their money to Olympia trust community trust. And you can, they can add it to your property as a second mortgage, or they can add it to a separate property. That's not necessarily that property. You can pull out the money. There's just, just different things like work with your mortgage broker, work with your you're a lawyer, but um, there's ways that you can have access to some of that cash.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's another great idea. Yeah.
1: And Whatever even, you got to do. Yeah, and even if you're paying six to twelve percent, I mean, if it's if it's over six months and you have the ability to prepay with no penalty, you know, set it up so that it's a win-win for both parties. Um, I think that's a better way personally than deferring mortgage payments or you know losing your property or having to sell at a discount because you can't hang on to it.
0: Yeah. No. Great. Great idea. Absolutely.
1: You know, there's, there's money out there. It's just a matter of what the cost is.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. You're absolutely right.
1: Yeah. So, you know, any final, any final thoughts, any, any other things that you're thinking about when it comes to Airbnb, short-term rentals in general, cottage rentals that, that we haven't covered?
0: I don't think so. I think I think all I'd like to say is that a lot of this conversation was a little bit doom and gloom, but uh, but you know, I think there's still a lot to be positive about. I think with a long-term view, this is going to be uh, just just you know, we look back on this and it's going to be hopefully just a, a great buying opportunity. You know, within the next couple of months. So, you know, like I said earlier, take that time, make sure you've got everything in order and prepared and ready to buy if you're able to. Uh, and uh, hopefully we're, we're looking in the rear view mirror and saying, thank God we held on to the property or thank God we bought it. Because when things, there's a lot of pent up frustration that right now because people can't go out. And when they finally lift the ban and when we're not all uh, quarantined to our houses, uh, especially with the nervousness of getting on planes or boats, I think people are going to want to go to cottages to get away. So I think it's still a great investment strategy.
1: Oh, 100%. You know, like you don't even know when they're going to lift the borders like we might be able to go back, but there might still just be, you know, a border, you know, freeze at some point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And if we're doing well and the other countries aren't, we're not going to want to go there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's (laughs) right.
1: So absolutely. There's going to be tons of opportunity. I think, you know, there's there's always going to be light at the end of the tunnel. There's always solutions. Yeah, And there's always going to be ups and downs in the market. And like, this is what we're dealing with in 2020. It's going to come back. Something else is going to happen, whether it's a different version of this at some point again, um, or just something entirely different. But, you know, prepare for the good, prepare for the bad, look for opportunities in both because there really, truly are. And there's probably going to be some better opportunities that we haven't seen for years, Mm -hmm. I think, in the next two to six months. Just thinking. Yeah,
0: I, I agree 100%. Absolutely.
1: So awesome. Dean, if the listeners wanted to reach out, where can they go and uh, how can they do that?
0: Uh, best way I guess would probably be through, uh, probably Instagram Dean Curtis, real estate at Dean Curtis, real estate, uh, best way to get a hold of me. I try and post on there daily and, uh, something I pride myself on is giving the good and the bad. Um, you know, I, I like to show the real truth about real estate investing. So if I've got, uh, Today, for instance, I'm actually driving to one of my investments, I've got, I've got a feud going on between two tenants in one of my properties. So I'm going there to try and resolve that. But, uh, so there's a lot of work and, and uh, some difficulties that come along with real estate investing, but the income that can be made makes it all well worth it. So if you want a real picture of uh, what investing in real estate is all about, you can check me out on Instagram.
1: Amazing. And yeah. I will second that. I think we're in the positions that we are today because we are in real estate, right? Yeah. If my job left tomorrow, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. it is what it is, right? I wouldn't necessarily need to go and call the government and rely on that $2,000 a month because that's not a lot of money at the end of the day. But I think it's because of real estate that we're able to do what we do. And it's because of real estate that we're you know, in this position, because we, we have other sources of income. And I think it is really important to, if, you're, if you haven't started and you just lost your job, really work on this, will come back again. Or, you know, if, even if it doesn't, you never know when you're going to lose your job in general, when you're going to get sick, when you're just going to want to retire early. Um, you know, so plan for, plan for all of those things and just keep control over your finances, your financial outcome, your income sources, they say, what is it? Three sources of income, most millionaires have or more?
0: At three, oh yeah, yeah, multiple sources of income, absolutely. So that's that's the way to do it.
1: So find find minimum, three sources of income. Real estate absolutely has been amazing. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, health, family first, you know, and as long as that's good, then let's start working and helping you guys uh, listening to this. Um, to get out of the rat race, to really be able to say, I've got a nice cushion. Um, if something happens for six months, I can still survive. I can still keep going. Um, and this this will, this will end, right? This will end. And unfortunately, we might forget about how bad this was for some people. But we have to remember there's good and there's gonna be bad. And it's gonna come back. So prepare. If you're not prepared today, prepare for the next one. Um, and you'll be, you'll be in great shape. So Dean, thank you so much listeners. Thanks for tuning in again and enjoy your family, your time, try and, and do something that you wouldn't have been able to if you were in the busyness of, of your regular lives before. Just a little something, right? It doesn't have to be crazy accomplishment, but just something that you're proud of maybe a little bit every day because this is, this is a hard time for everybody, but we'll, we'll get, we'll all get through it. Thank you so much, Dean. Thanks, Sarah hey i just want to take a moment and interrupt the podcast to introduce you to my mortgage broker dahlia barsoom and her team at streetwise mortgages because everything around us is changing The world as we know it is not going to be the same. COVID-19, the economic crisis is a time of uncertainty for many of us, and the lending and real estate landscape, they're changing quite rapidly day by day. Today's financing and investment decisions are going to be different than the ones that we made yesterday. Dalia and her team are going to be able to help us maneuver through all of this. They're property investors themselves, so they've worked with thousands of real estate investors across Ontario, and they have their pulse and their finger on what's happening around us in real time from a real estate financing and investments point of view. Her team of advisors are committed to helping us keep informed and get that up-to-date information. And they're also gonna be able to help us navigate through this crisis to also mitigate and minimize any financial distress during this whole transition and also help us emerge out of this in a strong financial position so that we can leverage ourselves for some great opportunities that are gonna be coming to us. They've been able to help many investors in times like this by really planning out your plan for the good, but also for the bad, because these circumstances that are happening are gonna be very individual for all of us. And they're gonna help navigate three key parts, financial stability, financial agility, and opportunity, and help you manage through those three things. When it comes to stability, how can you enhance your reserves and your liquidity to weather the storm? You're gonna have a different plan, so it's important to get that individualized plan. How can you utilize mortgage payment deferrals? Should you, should you not, why or why not? Any debt restructuring opportunities, those are all things that Dahlia and her team can help you work with. Now, when it comes to financial agility, there's some things that you might want to talk about are how do you make some improvements to your monthly budget so that you can increase your cash flow? Are there any financing tools that you can use to cover some short-term cash flow deficits? When it comes to opportunity, there's going to be some great opportunity that's going to come out of this. How can you set yourself up? for success. So her and her team are going to be able to help you maneuver through these things and create a plan, not only for the good times, but also in times like this, so that you can handle the storm and come out ahead. Feel free to reach out to Dahlia and her team at info at streetwisemortgages.com or go to her website streetwisemortgages.com. And now back to the show.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.